And he was hurt. His foot was hurt, so we just started like hanging out. I couldn't escape. He, he couldn't had escape. me. I was, he took his opportunity. He was the <laughs> only one who came to my birthday party, one of my birthday parties, um, besides my ex ex girlfriend, R.I.P. Um, she's lucky. Yeah, no. And then we just kind of started uh, hanging out, hanging out, and then I don't know when it kind of just grew into inseparable inseparableness. Like, because we're I gonna hitch our wagons to each other and see where this crazy adventure. Probably goes. actually in Paris. <laughs> was when it really started like we really started hanging yeah. out a lot more just because we ended up romantically sharing a scooter yeah lime uh, scooter through oh, the limes are the best yeah, that's exactly. that's really romantic it's hard not to fall in love on yeah. the lime scooter in, so. in the you know in paris i'm joined with jake teal and phil Berna, also known as snake and goose they are men rugby seven players and both played in the tokyo olympics this year they also have their own podcast snake and goose the podcast and I'm not going to lie and say that I found them through rugby because I didn't and I don't watch rugby, but I actually found it um, fell through Claire and I had Claire on the podcast. Okay to rest an icon and legend, um, such an amazing brand. And I know that the brand has grown so much. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend. And I've had a few athletes on the podcast before, and it's super interesting. So I'm excited to get into how you guys got started, how you guys met the podcast and everything. So thank you so much for coming on. It's our pleasure, really. We uh, we've we've had this bookmarked for a while. Phil and I have a little calendar, and we had it circled, uh, highlighted. Uh, we've been prepping, doing our uh, doing our you know our vocal act activations. Yeah. Um, yes. We lied and told you we were we were late, but really we were just practicing. Uh, I was hyperventilating in the washroom, and, and Phil was just consoling me. So we're right. very happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, so excited. I'm in uh, Claire's shadow still. So. You know, but you guys are repping the merch. Done. You guys are her models. I can see that. That's already. it. That's it. She Drop actually, uh, October 25th. So she makes us pay double. So it's good. It's it's a good way for her to <laughs> make easy easy cash because it's not so great that we have to do it, but no choice really. Love it. Okay, so I want to get started on um, before we get into how you guys met and was it love at first sight, all of that. What was childhood like for the each of you? And how did you guys kind of get into the rugby scene? How deep are you going to go into your childhood, Jake? Because <laughs> Well, I'm a child of divorce. Uh, <laughs> this is a can of worms. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I, I, so you want me to you no, go first? You go first. Oh, okay. Um, I'll keep it short and sweet. I uh, I was born. No, I uh, my Both my parents played for Canada uh, for rugby. My dad was a professional, quite a successful professional rugby player and um basically yeah childhood was a lot of traveling around lived all all over uh europe and then come came back here went back um and then basically ended up in abbotsford when we came back uh, my twin brother i have a twin brother and uh, we were just you know living out in the valley like a couple of skids uh doing them doing the most and then uh made it through surprisingly i know get abbotsford gang capital of canada for a while there and uh made it through and here we are um ended up in victoria obviously playing sevens uh following my dreams and uh that's where how i met phil so that's basically you know an average childhood story uh, but phil you you know i started off slow you come in with the hammer no i don't have much uh you left a lot out but hey yeah for another time <laughs> yeah born and raised in vancouver started playing rugby when i was 14 friends kind of i was playing football friends got me over to a few rugby practices the rest is history, I guess. I got I got cut from my first uh, rep team, and then sad boy Phil. Fuck you, PJ. There you go. <laughs> there you go, PJ. 
yeah, it was just, it motivated me to, you know, work harder. It was something I wanted to do and pursue. So um, went to UBC for a year and then got called over to the national team. And now I've been doing this for seven years, which is kind of crazy to say, or this is my holy, seventh year. So holy moly. yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been doing the thing. He's old. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are old. No. <laughs> Have you had any family pressures especially you Jake because you had parents who were into it and did you ever have that pressure to do this professionally become an athlete and did you have any other passions like even you um Phil did you guys have any other idea of what you wanted to do or it's kind of just been rugby um I actually lucked out um both my parents are well they're interesting folks um but they they didn't pressure me to play rugby. I didn't play rugby. I didn't start playing like organized rugby until like later on, probably like seven, eight when um, didn't play over in, in the UK. Cause I just didn't, I didn't like it that much. Um, I didn't really like it until we got, I got to like middle school. Um, just cause I think I put the pressure on myself. Um, but yeah, my mom tried to, you know, push me towards playing basketball. I really like playing basketball. I don't really have any other passions behind sports. If I wasn't athletic, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be fucked. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have too much pressure. I think like me being a twin um, also helps that uh, he got the equal amount. Like they couldn't just all probably put all that that pressure from like the outside world on us. But yeah, my parents have done a really good job of just kind of letting me decide what I want to do. They've never really had too much too much input. And I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a dick, so I wouldn't even listen to them if they told me. So um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I lucked out because uh, they're both lovely folks, as Phil knows. They haven't haven't put too much pressure, and they're over the moon with me, you know, with all my super greatest you know achievements. Oh, right? really? <laughs> yeah, no, you're proud too, right? Your his mom loves him more than any mom loves her kid, I think. So, yeah. that, that is and then like sweet. she also loves you, and that all by association. Yeah, by association. I, get, <laughs> I get some trickle down love, which is nice. Yeah, pressures to play. I don't like. I don't think my mom likes watching me play rugby. Still, you know, it's a bit of a Season. you know high level of contact a brutal mm-hmm. sport at times so anytime she's in the stands or watching at home i think she's cringing a bit uh wincing whenever i have the ball in my hand especially after you know a career filled with injuries and ups and downs but mm-hmm. um never too much pressure to play it's always kind of been self-motivated just had this dream this goal yeah i was able to achieve it last summer with best friend and uh co-host Jake Teal. <laughs> I love that. So how did you guys kind of become really close, obviously through rugby, but is there like a defining moment where you guys are like, this is my best friend? <laughs> so Phil didn't like me when I first, I, I, I stand by it. He didn't, he didn't really ride with me when I first came. I was annoying and I didn't really work hard, understandably. So I was like the ant, yeah, I was like the opposite of what Phil is, you know, um, to a T. So when I first came in, we didn't hang out, like we talked or whatever. And then uh, on my first ever tr- uh, trip, he destroyed his foot correct right yeah no i did and uh and then i got concussed the team ended up going on like a crazy like month and a half like month and a couple week long trip um, with a thailand trip in between leaved in between Um, which was sweet (laughs) so everyone was away and he was hurt his foot was hurt so we just started like hanging out I and couldn't escape. He, he had escape. me. I was, he took was, his yeah. opportunity. He was the only one who came to my birthday party, one of my birthday parties, um, oh. besides my ex, ex-girlfriend, RIP. Um, she's alive. Uh, but <laughs> it, it was, uh, it, yeah, no. And then we just kind of started uh, hanging out, hanging out. And then I don't know when it kind of just grew into inseparable inseparable we're like because we're going to hitch our wagons to each other and see where this crazy adventure probably goes. actually in paris <laughs> was when it really 
start like we really started hanging yeah. out a lot more just because we ended up romantically sharing a scooter yeah lime um, scooter throughout oh, the, the limes are the best exactly. that's that's really romantic it's hard not to fall in love on yeah. the lime scooter in, so. in the you know in paris with some places. wine the big the baguettes i can see the scenery that's, yeah, that's exactly. romantic we're, we're painting the picture for you right I don't, yes. I don't know if i've told jake this too much but he's a twin and he doesn't look anything like his brother josh okay. but i was so stressed out about mixing up their names and for some reason i was unfamiliar because jake came in hot like hey phil how's it going i'm like i don't know if you're jake or josh so i'm just gonna <sighs> kind of steer clear yeah. until i have that figured out um i was so desperate when i first came in to, to have any <laughs> friends because i was so fucking nervous he was also living in like a kitchen in yeah. a three bedroom house with five guys so it was uh mm. you know it do you remember your first impressions of each other i think just a lot he was just you know high energy just, um <laughs> you know not in a totally bad way but but just i was like whoa i, I thought he was very <laughs> i've come serious. around i thought he was very serious at first i was like oh mm -hmm. my goodness this dude is like this dude is not gonna like me he seems pretty <laughs> fucking serious and then as i got to know him i was like oh my goodness no he's not at all <laughs> you just break down his hard shell um like a boiled egg he's mm. he, <laughs> great metaphor great <laughs> metaphor on the inside he's he's an egg if you do it right if you do it right, you do it's right. A good, like a good. soft yellow inside <laughs> soft underbelly. yeah so what about the nicknames then snake news i'm sure you've said it on the podcast but i must must have missed it do you you were you go yeah so so uh <laughs> Nate Hariyama, former captain, just always would look at me before a game and say, "You are you just just go out there and be brave, you know, be 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 a brave bird, like a goose." And then he's like, "Just spread your wings, yeah, yeah, and fly on out there." And he's like, "You're gonna be goose now." And it just stuck. I, I don't know when he's, when when Nate says something, it just sticks. So he's such a big supporter. Sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Never never questioned it. Never tried to uh, throw shade on my. And name, a lot so. of people didn't want to accept it, but he he you know he yeah. kind of pushed it. He's the catalyst for the for the nickname sticking. Um, mine was a little bit more organic. Ready? Yes. Jake, snake rhyming. There you go. That's uh, that's how it works. Yeah. Wow. So so my my grandparents used to call me that, um, and uh, then I just people started calling me snaky a little bit and snake, and then I was like, you know what? Might as well just embrace it. As obviously, you know, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of negative um, kind of yeah. You're you know, he's trying to be like positive PR for I'm, the snake. I'm trying to kind of you know because people this is like a chirp. Someone's like, oh, you're a snake, snake. and you're like, yeah. well, call me a snake, and I'm like, thank you. You love it. You love yeah, it. Okay. Like, there's a lot so of you, good. So you guys don't answer by your name like Phil and Jake. Like it needs to be Snake and Goose. Other than that, you won't talk to people. I I mean, we're being kind to you right now, but yes. I mean, I I better not hear Phil the rest of this interview <laughs> fair enough fair enough <laughs> i have i have many nicknames so i usually never get get um my 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 name jake but i appreciate it you know once in a while it's nice to be reminded of where you came from where you from yeah and i like the merch i guess i'll show it maybe like on the podcast on the instagram so what's yeah, the it's Insta just behind? A prototype. There's, there's is there some... anything on the back or it's just the two no it's just, it's just... <laughs> we actually okay. uh his friend that's a statement though artist. having nothing behind there that's a statement yeah i like that friend's yeah. a tattoo artist and drew a okay. pretty fun graphic that we're gonna if we actually do merch it'll be you know half decent so. we got we got a surprisingly positive uh response to putting it out there it uh but you know we'll see we'll see a lot of people people say they're gonna buy it but mm -hmm. are they actually gonna pony up when it comes time and we put yeah. the money down but it's good that i uh i have a connection in the fashion 
industry. Yes, you do. You yeah, do. You know, okay to rest. There, so. Yes. And I want to go a little bit back. We got off track, but rugby. Yes. We're back on there. Um, so many sports, you know, there's a certain age that your body isn't able to keep up with it. Um, and it's like a very demanding on your body. And I do, you know, like the max age that most people play rugby and has that ever crossed your mind? Like, this is a career that I can only do maybe like up to my thirties. This is the, this is the, this is the, well, what now part yeah, of exactly. wow. the interview well. when you finally expire and your knees yes. have finally yes. given out. Um, I'd say I'd whatever say, age we're at right now is, uh, <laughs> is what we should call it. Yeah, the, um, the milk's going sour. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there is, it's, I don't think there's an exact cutoff because everybody's body, rugby is like one of those sports where there's no like prototypical body. Like if you're, when we're at the Olympics, you see basketball players or I don't know any other gymnasts, you know, like you see their bodies mm-hmm. are pretty much, they're all set. Like that's usually how it goes. You might have a couple outliers, um, but that's how it is. With rugby, it's there's so many different body types, body shapes that like there's you know that isn't really set. And I mean, it is all dependent on the luck of the bounce. Like some people have a lot more injuries in their career, um, and that can cut it short. Or some people are lucky and it goes longer. I mean, my dad played till he was like 35, 36 professionally, um, and then played for a little bit longer after that. Um, but I have when we have teammates who've retired at you know twenty eight. Um, okay. I have teammates who have like retired way before that. Um, so, I mean, obviously there is an expiration date on playing, um, mm-hmm. sadly, but it's kind of right now at our, where we are right now, I'll speak for you. Mm, it's rude of me. It's more of a, on a, it's our decision. It's not, uh, okay. not an injury, like, oh, my body's breaking down. And I personally wouldn't want to get to that point where my body's breaking down um, to the point where I can't just play anymore. Um, Cause then I'd imagine that life would be quite sad. Yeah, I'd say also Sevens has a bit uh, leans toward a, a younger group of players. Uh, so I'd say you'd see a Sevens career ending around 30 mm. would be a pretty long Sevens career. Um, but 15s, you could see more 35-year-olds uh, playing. And again, based on position and how lucky you are with, because everyone catches injuries, but it's like how you're able to bounce back and still be effective. Totally. And you guys have had some pretty, pretty bad injuries. So how did you get back up especially with concussions um how do you get yourself back up and like wanting to play again after being injured so badly you go first uh i don't know it's 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 a bit of a rebirth i guess um because mine i tore a ligament in my foot had two surgeries and uh i was a year a full year off of competing and being in the gym alone while all the boys are on tour you know it's a it's a sad place at times but uh, definitely gets you chomping at the bit to get out there again. And then it's uh, it's a new sense of, I, fi- I found myself after that injury that it's a lot more relaxed. You know, the worst, one of the worst things can happen and I can get up and, you know, I still function normally as a human and I can still play at this elite level. So it takes a bit of the pressure off it in a way to go down once and come back stronger. Mm-hmm. yeah i uh you don't want too many concussions though that's no, that's no. just no. Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> yeah more of my injuries probably being concussion based i think that the thing that kind of gets me like is how much i miss it and um like that's probably kind of what gets me through i mean one concussion i had that i you know referenced prior in there in our in our origin story uh was was 
pretty, pretty bad. Um, it was a pretty long time and it was a pretty dark time for me. And I think there's a couple of times where I was like, Fuck, I just never going to play rugby again. But there was a point where I kind of was getting a little bit better. And I went and played a little bit of like touch rugby, the community thing. And I was like, man, do I love this so much? And I think that's what kind of drives me. And I mean, that's, uh, that's what drives me to place like sevens and go to the Olympics is not because we're not making money. Like we don't make any, any money from this, but it's more, uh, it's more just how much you enjoy it. So I think with every injury, it's like, you miss it a lot. You want to come back. So. Yeah. And you talked about with, with money and sustaining yourself. So what, how do you get an income from this? How does that work? Well, that's a good question. I don't really think I have the <laughs> that's answer. Where you come in. <laughs> what we're starting is a pyramid. I mean, a scheme that's shaped like this. Um, no, it's hard. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you could really across all Olympic sports, it's no one's, you know, no one's making bank. If, if it's mm-hmm. just like a purely Olympic sport, you know, um, it's very difficult. I really don't have, you make, you make do, um, you get by the ways you can. I mean, we do get, we are funded by sport Canada. So we do get a little bit of money. Um, mm-hmm. we get some money for attending tournaments, but it's definitely not, uh, at times a livable wage. Um, so you make do other ways. Um, yeah, we were both working at a daycare last year, <laughs> like oh. before the Olympics, yeah. um, kind of during that COVID time off, like since we weren't getting any tournament bonuses or just all the perks of travel. Are there sponsorships in rugby or how does it work? It's, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Rugby Canada kind of has their own set of sponsorships, but that doesn't okay. uh, trickle down to the players very often. And then... I mean, it's sort of what we're doing now. We started a podcast. It's just kind of about building your own brand and mm-hmm. having more engaging content out there so that you are a viable, you know, a viable person for companies and people to reach out to. I'm not mm-hmm. a businessman. I'm a businessman. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it, that's difficult. I mean, especially being what many would refer to as nano influencers uh like it's not like we have a very big you know it's, it's hard to grow your following and then that's what some sponsors look uh, sponsorships look mm-hmm. look for um when rugby is becoming more of a mainstream sport but especially for me i mean i was at the end like i didn't play very much um until i mean even mm-hmm. maybe like last two months um, mm-hmm. would probably be the most i've ever played so it's very hard to build organically um when you're not getting that kind of like push so yeah it's difficult um but we make do uh it's it's interesting because i guess with sports back in the day having a social following didn't matter and now are you saying that's having that presence is really important because i think you know as an athlete olympian your you know your goal is to focus on your sport but now you're having to build this image build this social media following um so yeah how has that changed how has that affected do other players feel the same like they're needing to build this social media presence it sounds silly but it's kind of the reality of what it is now yeah that's that's the thing I mean I guess I've kind of come around to it um uh for the past couple years just um it would be nice to be paid more and I Mm -hmm. think we're definitely deserving of it and Mm -hmm. uh I think there would be opportunities to be paid more but you know it is what it is and you have to kind of start doing the work yourself because there are opportunities there's funding and there's money out there you just have to be very proactive like the second part of our job I'd say which we're kind of learning more about now is reaching out to sponsors and kind of dming as many companies you can because yeah I mean money's got to come in and we have like these verified platforms now since Mm. going to the Olympics it's like you know we have something to say and we have people that are into Mm. rugby and 
are into our personalities. So I don't know. We hope everyone would kind of get on board with that. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing, especially when you're at the Olympics, you see everybody's like trying to get content because you know, especially in the States or, or places with like the, with TikTok, um, like the creator fund, like people are able to make this into a, a, you know, a second, like a second income. And it might not be a lot of money. Like we're talking like, I mean, if you're making an extra 400 bucks a month, like that's pretty, that's pretty big for a lot of people who are trying, you know, doing this. Um, but I think that's, you know, we're trying our best now to kind of, uh, separate ourselves from like a regular like how most athletes are i mean not to toot our own horn but like i think we're very with even with the podcast but just you know in mm-hmm. life we're very how we do our things is like different um and i think that's our kind of our niche we're going to try and capitalize on is that we're you know and that's the whole reason we started the podcast was to be more show that we're just more than like the standard like yes the game was very good i played well <laughs> i had a lot of fun i like representing my country anyway and that's not that's not that's not that's not true but there's more mm-hmm. to us than that and that can make us a little bit more financially viable for a sponsor or like a little bit more interesting so we do mm-hmm. have to it, it is a little bit of a grind having to like try and figure out you know i'm not i'm not sitting at home going oh my god i need to find content but like mm-hmm. i do tr- like put a lot of effort into you know, making videos or like going out of my way to try and find stuff that I think is interesting, or I think could bring me more followers to, you know, build my brand. Um, Because at the end of the day, you are your own brand, like we're a brand, and you Mm -hmm. gotta like, you have to do your own work, there's no one else really pushing you. So yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit difficult. I thought, um, I thought people were going to be throwing money at me, but that's not really the reality <laughs> of the situation. I thought, <laughs> especially after I went, I'm like, oh, people are going to be reaching out, but like, oh my God, know, we're, we're small, dollars. we're small fish. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. There's a lot of legwork that has to be done. Totally. Yeah. So how, how would you guys measure your own personal success? Like some people measure it through money or fame or whatever. So how, how would you guys measure it? I would assume um hitting the olympics that's pretty that's pretty fucking high up there so once you hit there like what's next what now uh what now <laughs> i i uh this is, this is just like an anxiety sorry i am sorry that's yeah, okay no. um i think that like i mean obviously the olympics was like a sporting goal um and mm-hmm. that was like the biggest goal that was i was always i've always said it's like once i go to the olympics it's gravy from that point on. Like, that's what I've always wanted to do. And then like, that's, you know, your top tier of, of like 10%. I don't even know top, top like 1% of the world really. But yeah, no, I think I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, how do you, I like to do other things away from like sport. I don't like to value myself only off of sport. I mean, I'd rather mm-hmm. now I think it's kind of becoming more and more like I enjoy, I, I get more like feel more successful the more I like help people in need or like do other things like that. And I, that might just be that I don't have like that rugby goal right now. And I'm, and I, I do kind of, I'm like, I'm pushing towards going to Paris again um, mm-hmm. and going to the Olympics in Paris. But I think now it's just finding other little things that motivate me or that give me that feeling of like, Oh, I'm successful. Um, Cause I'm not like money doesn't money's not my main mm-hmm. driver. Else I wouldn't be doing this. So <laughs> obviously, <yeah>. obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd say, I'd say a lot of the same obviously a huge goal and very cool thing to say like oh i'm an olympian went to the olympics um, and you're verified that's huge yeah, yeah blue tick <laughs> dude on tiktok twitter and instagram yeah say less fam oh that, that TikTok blue too, so <laughs> god knows i've done nothing with it yeah. But, <laughs> um yeah it's it's just you know keep staying playing it's just an opportunity i mean we've both um there's been a 
lot of people retire. So we've moved into this senior role and kind of a captain situation. So it's, it's good. And it's really rewarding to be able to kind of give back and nurture the next generation in, because we obviously care about rugby in Canada and making sure that it's, you know, sustainable and set up um, for the next generation. But yeah, I think it's just a lot of workshopping. I definitely have fun just doing the sport, but now it's, I don't, I don't know exactly yeah. what's next, but yes. uh, you know, I think just working and having my best friend to kind of go through it all with is, is a huge help. It's me. Oh. So I mean, it's, me. it's most people don't know what's next. I don't know what's next. The unknown scares me, but it's also really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, totally normal not to know, but it's good to question like, well, now what, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, the question never stops. That's what I've learned interviewing so many different professionals. Some people are way down in their career. Some are retired and they're like, I keep asking myself that question. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good. It's good to keep questioning. But um, mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit more about mental health and how has rugby affected you with that? And I know, Jake, you posted a photo recently. Yeah. I, I created this, <laughs> this, this is, this is not about you. No, but yeah. How has that affected you with rugby? Because it's very demanding and trying to balance a social life with friends, family, all of that. Um, and how has that affected you guys mentally? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I made that post, uh, yesterday and yeah. I think a lot of people were like, Oh my goodness. Like, I ah, like, saying like oh you're gonna beat this and stuff like that and i'm like man i've i i mean anxiety and depression is something i've dealt with for i mean i had it and i knew i had something that was going on in my head um in high school i just didn't didn't deal with it but it's something that i've you know been dealing with and, and diagnosed with for four years now five years and um yeah i mean there's times where i don't like doing anything or i don't want to go do things and I don't want to play rugby or there, you know, I, I feel very anxious or I, you know, our life, you know, the way we're paid or the, the amount we're paid and like our lifestyle is just very anxiety inducing, inducing by itself. Um, so there are challenges, but I think that one thing I, I found out, um, especially when, you know, uh, dealing with concussions and things like that, that uh, rugby itself is very helpful for me and like sports sports and like the activity of having something to do and having something you know a routine is very good for me and that kind of stuff is is very good but like obviously all of my best friends play on our team and like I mean obviously I have many friends who play on different teams but I have a very I've been blessed with um and I know almost a lot of people don't get this I've been blessed with a lot of friends who are very um understanding to what I go through and very open I mean obviously Phil um is a you know my best friend he's he's uh being super supportive and very really handling the best i know (laughs) Um, (laughs) we're gonna look so but it's uh it's definitely it's definitely something difficult and i think that you know i wanted to make that post yesterday because i've been i think that i was very nervous to be known as i don't want to be known as like that guy though the guy with depression or something like that the rugby guy Mm -hmm. with depression because there are like so many fantastic athletes who have said stuff about mental health you know, prior and you know, a lot of, uh, especially women, a lot of, you know, fantastic women um, who are uh, like, have, have said stuff, but I didn't see that many men doing it. And I kind of, I know there's the stigma around it, but I had had a, a talk after coming home from the Olympics and I, I had said something in passing to this group of kids. Someone asked me about mental health and I was like, oh, you know, I suffer with it. And, you know, this is what I, what I do. And I had someone reach out to me and say that like how that affected them and like how awesome it was to hear from them. They'd never seen another man say it and do that. So I had been planning to, to talk about it. I just had to wait for the, for the right time. And I think I had to kind of get myself ready because I, I did 
put myself out there. And it's not something that I'm embarrassed about at all, because I think a lot more people than, you know, than even, and I know a lot of people know how many people deal with it, but I think there's a lot more people who don't even know that they're dealing with it. And I think that's the point of us being open or, you know, people being open to being supportive of those people is like really, really important, especially in high performance sports, because you have all these kids coming in who are super young and they don't know what they're going through and they're away from their families. And, you know, even not in high, high performance sports, you go to university, you go to do all these things and, you, you know, you're dealing with all these different feelings and you might not want to address them, especially with males. Like there's a lot of people who don't want to address it. Um, and yeah, I think that's really important. So the whole point of, you know, me doing that, that post wasn't really for me. Um, I mean, it's nice to be able to be like, oh, you know, this is what I deal with, but it's, mm-hmm. it's more to be, if I can help somebody a little bit, or if I can, you know, get the conversation started, um, I'd, like I'd, I'd like to put myself out there to, to try and help people. Um, and I mean, the response was awesome. It was really, really sweet. I mean, obviously I have all my friends and they all know what I, what I go through is just, um, you know, more people in public just kind of reaching out. But I was also just shocked with like the amount of, of dudes who reached out to yeah, me and said, thank you. I mean, yeah. obviously there's a lot of, you know, uh, you know, female love as well. Um, but that, that said that weird, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, people, there's just like a lot of people reaching out, but, um, yes. a lot of, of guys just saying thank you, um, yeah. which I didn't really expect. And it was nice to, to see that people were okay or just feeling more open addressing it. And it's just talking about it. Cause obviously it's a very, you know, stigma based thing, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, big tough person you know you can't feel that that shit and that's mm-hmm. that's so backwards because it's super like it's it's, it's super tough to be able to address your feelings it's super no, tough totally. to, be able to be like uh, you know i'm not okay um mm-hmm. so doing it trying to turn that t- stigma around is like really important so mm-hmm. yeah that's why i brought it up initially because there's that stigma around men i've had a lot of conversations with my guy friends and they're comfortable talking about their mental health struggles mostly to like me or to other girlfriends but between mm-hmm. guys, they're like, no, I don't address it. Or some, something simple. I've had a conversation with one of my best friends. He's a guy about crying. He's like, oh, I haven't cried in in like 10 years or something like that. And so I'm just, it's just, it's crazy. But in, on the team with, with the guys, do you guys feel like it's a safe space? People are willing, more guys are willing to talk about it. Um, or are you starting that conversation? How does that really go within the team? You want to get in here? Or you no, I think it's great that, you know, Jake kind of, especially again, being senior leader on the team for him to open up about it. You know, we're not having hand-holding kumbaya sessions in the meeting rooms, just checking in every day. But I think it's important for just in our little group to have him uh, come out and be open. And hopefully, you know, if anyone on our team is struggling, um, you know, can reach out to either of us really but we have a pretty close knit group of dudes. So it's, it's easy to tell when someone's not having a good day um, mm-hmm. and just check in with them. So definitely a work in progress, but again, superstar definitely uh, did a lot of good work. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely, I mean, especially with the team we have right now, it's like, it's a very open, honest. And I had a couple of guys who, who spoke to me about it after and just being like, Hey, you know, look, I appreciate this because this is something I deal with. So I think at first when I did, when I got like the first diagnosis, I was, I was a younger guy on the team and I had, well, now I can look back and be like, I was really, it was a lot of like anxiety based, like fear of telling people, especially the older guys and being, you know, them reacting negatively or them being like pussy. Um, (laughs) But like, I, 
I think over time I kind of grew more comfortable. I, I grew with it. Um, I was open. I mean, I was always open with him. I was always open with, uh, with, you know, Andrew Co and like a couple other people who are around my, you know, who are my close friends that I didn't really want to be kind of open about it. And then uh, with those guys just out, out of fear. And then um, when I actually did, I just kind of, you know, addressed it um, with our captain, Nate Hariyama and our other captain, Harry Jones and another player from our team, uh, Connor Braid. And, and they were all incredibly, receptive and like very welcoming and you know well harry gave me like a yoga thing he's like yo you gotta like just plan your days out a little bit better which i was like okay um but like, i don't know what to do yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but no it was like it was it was really awesome because like i think i think the perception is is so strong that i really don't think there's ever going to be a, a dude who you go out and you're like man i'm struggling with this and them them being like fuck you or like what the fuck like i think right. I, I think that that stigma slowly going away because it, it is getting addressed more um but i again like i said off in my huge rant as i'm ranting again um it is I, I have been very lucky um to be in a group that is you know quite understanding and quite open mm -hmm. to it um and i mean not everybody will get it and that's okay but um being able to kind of hear it and just know it is is a big step um so yeah i mean there's always there's always so much shit that can be done with mental health in sports mm -hmm. alone mm -hmm. um but I just starting that conversation just by yeah. like a post like that is starting that and opening up that dialogue so you should be proud of yourself yeah. on the back that's what we're here for yeah <laughs> yes um and i'm curious to know before we get into the rapid fire questions what is like a day in the life for you guys i know it's probably different every week with traveling and all that but what is it like <laughs> um you know we're we're old bodies on the team now, so we're up mm -hmm. at up at six, have some breakfast, get into training just before mm -hmm. seven, do kind of half an hour of activation work, mm -hmm. just getting everything firing because I can't just run on the field like I used to. Um, we'll practice for close to two hours till ten ish. Yeah, ten thirty ish. Yeah, ten ten thirty ish. Um, we'll have a speed session as part of that so we're out on the field for quite a bit and then we'll head into the weight room and we'll do an hour and a bit in the weight room for me today it was ice baths and physio after that home at you know 1 ish and onto a podcast um but if there wasn't a podcast i'm still you know doing my next steps i'm, I'm in uh school so taking uh courses and then eating a lot and going to bed early wow do you it. have do you guys have time for like a social life and how do you spend time with family no. and friends no <laughs> <laughs> i like i mean all of my friends play rugby or like on our team really like there might be two two or three who are outliers like i mean i count them as count other people's friends but like my close friends so like I'm pretty much on the same schedule. So I'll like, you know, I'll know, you know, on a, on a Wednesday night, I know that they're not doing anything the next day. So I'll just come hang okay. out with them. But I like, I've, especially now, like being older, all of a sudden when we came back from the Olympics, I like everything started hurting more. Um, I think it's just like, just awesome. it yeah, you're just like an old man. And uh, I just, now I'm like, I can't even, sometimes I'm like, damn, I can't even think about going and like seeing other people because I just don't you're so tired have the man. energy because you're just so yeah. tired and especially when this once the season starts it's kind of a wash really like I don't really do much I mean I don't do much anyway I'm, I'm pretty much like how I operate as a blob anyway so it's 
I, I, I like we do this podcast. We just kind I, of poke them and drag them around. Should, <laughs> I, I do the podcast. I make videos. That's about it, really. Yeah. I don't have much of a social life. My parent, my mom, just moved to the island, so I, I like it's pretty easy to just go see her. And um, but mm. now, realistically, I don't do much. Yeah, I uh, I see Claire, obviously. Yes, so I yes. go. <laughs> I go back over to Vancouver. She's uh, able to come here. So, any of the non-rugby friends or significant others are kind of reserved mm-hmm. for the weekends. Claire's but... pretty much our, our, like, in our rugby group now, though. Yeah. She's no. like, she's Claire's one, one of the lads. One she's, of the lads. She's, she's one of the guys, yeah. Everyone's taken to resting, so uh, <laughs> you know, she's infiltrated all the yes. Victoria rugby boys, which is really nice yes. of everyone to support her, That's but, you know, it's good stuff. I love that, yeah. Um, Case, can we get into some rapid-fire questions just to, yeah. to end the episode? You know, have you seen that TikTok? You know, when uh, it's like Kiki Palmer, and she's like, it's the, 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 the stallion, you know, and, and have you seen that yet? No. Okay, I'm going to show you after. <laughs> okay. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I oh, haven't. my God. Okay, so they're oh doing it's like a trend, and they're like, oh, fuck, I just hate how much time I have to spend on TikTok now. Uh, <laughs> and I don't even make any videos, but... It's like, oh, like when the one when the one girlfriend who hangs out with a boy shows up and then they're all like, oh, and then that's we gotta do that with Claire. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry. I just, no, I, no, I, no, it's I, good. I I, 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 I need to I need to watch it now. If so I, I don't can, talk it out, I yeah. like legitimately will will lose track of it. I have so many good ideas that go away. It's just my notes are uh, a wasteland. <laughs> yeah, point. I feel you. you know, TikTok, I can go on there for hours. I'm like, I should do, I should make this trend and then I keep forgetting. Yeah. And it goes, it's a cycle. Yeah. Um Okay, first first song. What is your ultimate hype song before a game? Uh, Think fast. Just I go. I don't know who sings it, but it's "Freed from Desire" is the name of the song. Okay, um, that's a banger. Um, I really like the song "Ham" by Jay Z and Kanye West, but mine switches all the time. I it, mm-hmm. our team our team song is a is a Millie by uh, Lil Wayne. That's what we listen okay. to pregame. So good song, good yeah. song. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Phil. <laughs> i haven't really addressed it with jake too much but he's been doing more of this i really have been and i, I don't I know, know why while eating why. like while yeah. eating or just in general like in general, general. he'll, he'll, he'll oh. be thinking it and then just kind of clap why. his teeth together too i don't know it's, why i'm doing it i, I know i'm lot. doing it dude. i know i'm doing it too uh my biggest pet peeve um just be mean to me. uh phil's fucking face <laughs> no i'm just kidding i don't really i can't think of anything off the top of my head i that's probably my own pet peeves that i can't think so there mm. you go there's the answer to the question good good okay um if your life was a movie what genre would it be and who would play you um rom-com and KJ Bradley. <laughs> no kj apple would not play me i am not giving that guy any more screen time <laughs> We have a lot of beef, KJ and I. That guy's not even a real ginger. His Canadian oh, he's fake. American he's fake. Act. Yes. Huh? Yes. He's, yeah, he's fake. Yeah, yeah. His accent's fake. Yeah, all fake. Congrats, congrats on the new baby. I wish them all the best, but you <laughs> are a fraud. Fuck KJ <laughs> And you need to be stopped. I won't stand for it anymore. Uh, Bradley Cooper can play me. Okay, good. Way better hair than I'll ever have. Um, I'd say like probably a romantic comedy. I would think, I mean, without the romance, but I I would say uh, a lot of people have said I look like TJ Miller, which I don't see, or Jason, is it Jason Seagal? Seagal? Seagal, you know, from the Muppets movie and shit like that. Yes, yes, I don't think I look like them. Or Colton Underwood from The Bachelor. Yeah, he's in the Muppets movie. I use the most obscure reference to fuck with you. Um, Oh, Colton Underwood. I can I can kind of see it. Yeah, um, but I don't even know who I I would choose i choose jack black oh yeah you would good 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 choice jack black on, uh, on the belts 
Nice. Um, what's one thing that you would change about yourself? And then one thing that you'd want to change about each other? Okay, go. Uh, <laughs> honestly, if I could just nip the whole mouth thing in the butt with Jake, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be really happy. Um, I don't, I don't think I'd change anything about myself. I'm pretty content. Um, I like myself a lot, uh, but I would, um, would you change about me? I'd probably make myself a little faster. Um, you know, uh, thinking like the flash. Oh no. Okay. Uh, I was thinking like actual speed. And then, Oh God, man. Wow. There's so many things I could think of. <laughs> I think I would change if I could change anything for Phil, I'd change his luck with his car. Yeah. That's a friendly answer. That is right a there. very friendly mm. answer. I'm okay. now so checked into making sure I don't go. <laughs> <laughs> I just need water right now, dog. Maybe that's what I fuck. We'd usually have a boss on deck, but we'll get that sort of today. Okay. <laughs> um, what is one thing you're missing from your life right now? One thing. He's a nice guy. He's very sweet. And no. uh, everybody should message him. Um, uh, I'll, I'll link your Instagram in, in the in the show notes. Yeah, Everyone yeah, can yeah, DM yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, missing in my life, a car that works and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a totally cemented um plan after rugby but mm-hmm. it's a work in progress and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm um very content right now i would say the thing missing in my life right now is a golden doodle that's a good answer that's a very good a answer we went to pet smart he almost bought a rat i almost bought a fish so a rat and a fish yeah. yeah rats can learn tricks he tried he didn't believe me but you can teach rats tricks like a dog not to the extent yes. of the dog but yeah. they're pretty smart so it's Snake. actually expensive though once you get the cage and you want to get them the whole jungle gym yeah and like all the treats it's expensive i but would get him in we, like a, we spend our little money on dumb things so it's, mm. it would be fine <laughs> that, that rat would have a very cool apparatus to yes. be playing around in yeah i would i'd go all out for rat junior <laughs> um what is one thing most people don't know about you um i'm half italian and i can kind of speak it oh really can you say anything nope not on a <laughs> podcast where people will <laughs> me. Um, i will i will i will say it to my nonna in italy while she gently encourages me along but that's about it uh my life is pretty much an open book i i don't really have too much stuff that people don't know um oh uh i had interest uh from a christian community college uh in getting they were interested in giving me a scholarship for basketball i am not christian uh, or my community so (laughs) oh okay well didn't didn't yeah but i mean in another lifetime you can do that yeah. 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 Well, I don't what, know. If, I don't other... know. If, I don't know if Christians vibe with the other yeah, lifetime. Yeah. yeah. No. No. I don't know how that works. <laughs> um, oh, I can't skate. There you go. That's an interesting fact. That's way better. I can't skate. You can't skate. Oh. Can't skate at all. That was interesting. That is interesting. Um, what is what is your dream podcast guest? <laughs> no. Um, Jack Black. I thought would be a cool. Yeah, I think Jack Black would be a cool one. I'm thinking of like trying to think of. Who plays Ted Lasso in the show? Oh, Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis would be awesome. Yeah. And I'm a big, I'm a lasshole right now. So I think we could get love that uh, show. Someone super controversial, so we could get all of their oh, the viewers. Viewers, all the views. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, right. 
<laughs> so we're it. super we're super uh with beyonce not very controversial but, hey, but she's got she's, she's got she'd... a very committed fan base yeah realistic yeah. one though we'd the like boobs. to get melissa uh humana's uh what is it paradis paradis yeah the uh canadian volleyball player i'd okay. like to get her on there um there's some other athletes but i keep scaring them all away so uh, i'm sure you guys could with the blue check marks that yeah, like you yeah. guys look safe yeah well well i'll reach <laughs> out he'll <laughs> <laughs> maybe not but yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll, we'll have a few fun things in the yeah. pipe hell yeah okay um and last question who are the three most influential people in your life last question right there yeah three. shit knock us <laughs> off like that damn <laughs> kanye west no um i don't know my uh my dad claire because entrepreneur business work ethic yeah um and uh throw my mom in there she's a sweetie um nice. i would say uh paisley mccurry uh so she's a little girl that started a bunch of did a bunch of charity work for um who had leukemia um she beat leukemia um power and uh that's why uh we we yeah that's why that's why we started becoming affiliated with ronald mcdonald house as a team Mm -hmm. um so i'd throw her in there my mom um because she's such a strong woman um and uh I think of the the last one really influenced in my influential in my life. I can't really, I don't really have uh, no, no, <laughs> God, no. Fubar, I don't have the third answer for you. Uh, you know what? Let's throw Phil in there because he just inspires me to find love. Oh my gosh, are you guys best friends or something? I didn't. Have, I didn't have know. We no, I don't, I don't think you guys have mentioned that yet. Uh, we have merch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, thank you so much, you guys. Thank you so much. This was so fun getting to know you guys and your story. So can you plug your, all your links, all of them and where, where can they get merch if they can? Uh, Snake and Goose podcast yep. um, at Phil Berna um, at okay to rest drop October 25th. <laughs> um, we don't have merch yet. It's coming, but it is coming at Jake Teal, Jake dot Teal on, uh, on uh, Instagram and on TikTok. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much to plug, uh, besides just saying, you know, if you have any extra, any extra cash sitting around, not, you know, don't give it to us, even though you might want to. Um, but Ronald McDonald house, our, our friends over in Ronald McDonald house, uh, always need a little bit, in, bit of, uh, influx of cash, um, or any, any type of donations or, you know what, I don't know if the house is open, but when it does open up any volunteers always appreciate it over there. One of the best places on earth. So I always like to plug those those suckers because they have a uh, they have a bid coming up in the next month um, where they're auctioning off things for charity. I think Ryan Reynolds donated some stuff last year, so it's two huge celebrities, him and I. And uh, this year, um, a Jake Teal jersey. So there you go. If you want a Jake Teal jersey, uh, you know what? Get on over there. And also uh, Voss Water. Thanks, Voss Water. DM uh, Jake and tell him he looks like he drives a Kia Soul. would also be a fun little game. See if your followers can do that. Mm. We got it. Well, thank you so much, guys. (laughs) Thank you for having us. It It was was so much fun.